Hey there, and welcome to More Than Meets These Guys. Subdivisions. This is not your usual episode from the beginning of the Transformers animated series. This will be a sideshow we'll be doing that goes into other interests we may have on an off week or due to holidays or emergencies. It may be something I'm a fan of that Ed doesn't know much about, or vice versa with Ed sharing something he loves with myself. And uh, welcome everyone, and we hope you enjoy this like we do. Ed, what you got for this week, man? Uh, I got I got a lot of things for this week. Um, uh, first of all, I've had a busy day today. I uh, I just got home from uh, playing a big game of uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand. Uh, I decided to try out a new army I've been working on, and I got completely stomped into the ground. I got completely stomped into the ground today. Uh, so I'm in a real bad mood because <laughs> no, I'm in, no, I'm actually I'm doing great. Um, yeah. Uh, no, today we are covering a late '80s anime called Area '88. Uh, this is a show that deals with mercenary jet fighter pilots, uh, based on a, a, a manga or a manga or manga. manga. You know, you, you know what? I'm, just gonna, I'm, I'm making the call here. Uh, I, I'm just going to say Japanese comics, or just you know, what? I'm just going to say comics from now on. I, I don't care where they come from. They're all, they're still comics. You know what I'm saying? I'm just yeah. saying that from now on. I don't want to be that guy that just slips into an accent for uh, for one foreign word and gets back into into my normal. Yeah, accent. don't I don't, don't want to. I, I don't want to be a CNN reporter and talking about Nicaragua. <laughs> Nicaragua. Uh, I don't want to be yeah. that guy. So uh, there was and, a there was a, sh- a shop. Uh, remember Glenn's shop, uh, Heroic Images. Uh, it was a local comic shop, and uh, there was a uh, someone else. Will took it over. He bought it from uh, Glenn, and Glenn you know, moved out of town. And there was mm-hmm. he's rented the back of the shop out to these uh this anime group. Everyone, I remember that. Yeah. Every time you walk in the store, they'd say they'd scream, Kanichiwa! And like, don't please don't do that. That's really disrespectful. That's really annoying. I yeah, yeah, I did I didn't I did not enjoy that. Uh no, I, no, I do no. remember that. Yeah, it was uh it was uh pretty awful um anyway uh this, <laughs> yes. is based on a series, this is based on a series of comics uh by uh Kaoru Shintani uh that ran from 1979 to 1986 in Japan was reprinted by Eclipse Comics in the U.S. from 87 to 89 um and was one of if not the first Japanese comics to be translated into English and published in English uh by a by a publisher not by you know, like, a, like a fan group or, or anything like that um this also got a sort of English adaptation with the video game UN Squadron, uh, which was a yeah. an, had an arcade game and also an SNES uh, game, um, which I randomly once found in a pool hall while uh, I was sitting at, out around a pool when I was in high school. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, do you have any connection to this property at all? <clears throat> Man, okay. No, so this is... Um... I was kind of a, uh, I had a little weebish phase. I mean, I actually got into anime and manga a lot when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I, I really liked, I, I remember there was a uh, thing, I think it was on, um, it might have been Sci-Fi Channel or it might, I don't know. They ran a, um, a like week of, um, of anime thing and just like kind of like really cool storied properties. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, they, they showed Galaxy Express 3.9 you know 999 uh which is uh which is the which is was created by the mangaka which is the uh a manga artist in japan oh. leiji matsumoto <laughs> matsumoto yeah um yes. leiji yeah. matsumoto i love his style mm-hmm. so i saw this cover i think it was like uh it was i think it was a hollywood video there used to be a, like a hollywood video in town they always carried kind of unusual t- you know titles yeah. Yeah. i always meant to watch this because um because i really like 
uh, Leiji Masamoto's uh, style. He has very almost like a seventies aesthetic to his uh, to his his drawing. He is very seventies. Um, I love it, dude. Masamoto, like it's... yeah, he's very seventies because uh, and, and, and out there, if you don't know, he also did a really cool thing called, called uh, Captain Harlock, which is yes. um, love uh, which if you, even if you even if you don't know, if you're a dirty punk rocker like me, you will recognize <laughs> the symbol from uh, Glenn Danzig's T-shirt and the Misfits, uh, which is. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> actually, you know, Elsie did though. Uh, he did, um, he did, um, oh gosh, what was it? Space Battle, Space Battleship Yamato. Yeah, he did Yamato, that's right. Uh, also known as uh, Star Blazers in the, yes. in the U.S., well, a pretty early 70s uh mm-hmm. anime that got translated over here, which was a one of my favorite uh pre Robotech uh, uh yeah. animes, which to this day, and which to this day is still really good. I, I know you and I have talked about that show a lot in oh, the past, especially yeah, the, uh, I love it. They actually did yeah. an update of uh, Yamato uh, some years ago, I think like early 2000s, which was fantastic. Same that's design. What yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I heard. Um, and, uh, yeah. um, I, did, I did a kind of quick um, look at uh, Kaoru Shintani. Yeah, so he became, uh, he started his uh, work uh, working as a uh, assistant to the space opera mangaka, Leija Matsumoto, mm-hmm. who was like we already talked about, created Space Battleship Yamato, Captain Harlock, along with the Galaxy Express 39. He actually um, says uh, that he created a Harlock character, uh, say Yataran, as a tribute to Shintani. Yataran, Star, Bla- Star Blazers. It was it was a Star Blazers character. Okay, well, um, he was apparently he was, he was mentioned as in Harlock, but he, maybe he wasn't he, Harlock he, too. I don't I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, he, 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 he looked like a really small, like um, uh, nerdy, uh, like <laughs> overweight kid, um, who's yeah, who's he's, he's in, he shows up with him a lot. Um, so yeah, he yeah, Shintani also created a lot of manga works. I mean, Although yeah. Area 88, Cleopatra DC, Desert Rose, and I Dream of a Mimi were only put to animation. So, yeah, he, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I haven't um, seen these others either. So, it, neither have I. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything he's done besides this, but, uh, and kind of a, a cool little flip flop, though. Um, yeah. so, you know, he did this Jet Fighter thing, and, uh, uh eventually, uh, Matsumoto would go on to do a uh, thing called uh, The Cockpit. It was a, uh, Kind of an anthology yes. uh, thing with a lot of like World War II pilots, which I think that was uh, probably inspired a lot by um, uh, by this. Um, well, yeah, um, yeah. Looking at um, Yamato or Star Blazers, if you will, and uh, this cockpit, um, Matsumoto had a big. Uh, I, I'm I'm assuming because of his age, he had a big influence of um, you know, the World War II. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, the Korean War, obviously, with this because I'm looking at the jets in this. Very Korean War era jets. But, yeah, a lot of Korean War, a lot of uh, Vietnam yeah. uh, War. But, oh, um, yeah. The but, tank. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Matsumoto and uh, Shintani had a really similar style of drawing hair also. I don't know if you oh, kind of yeah. noticed that they had this oh, kind of blobby yeah. kind of yeah. seaside suite. Yeah, they had they had a really similar yeah. thing with that. But, um, but yeah, uh, personally, I have a very strong connection to this property as uh, this is actually my favorite Japanese comic of all time. That's why you want uh, to do it. straight up, yeah, straight up. Um, there's a few others that get close. Um, Lone Wolf and Cub, oh, uh, yeah. Sanctuary, Crying Freeman, uh, Dagger of Kamui. Uh, those all come pretty close, but those um, great, man. Those, are, yeah, those are really good. Um, but uh, when I was in middle school, I had a friend that I think he had an older brother or an older cousin or something like that that just left him tons of comics. And they just, oh, they just kind of funneled his old comics into into yeah. this dude, El- Elbert, who was a really cool guy. But he and I would trade comics all the time. And, um, and, and I mean, it was like every week we were trading something or another. But um, at uh, at some point, though, he came at me with a stack of 
Eclipse comics, which I had never heard of because I like at that time I didn't know anything outside of of Marvel and DC. I had I had I had heard of like I had heard of like Charlton oh. comics. I had some old Charlton horror stuff from the seventies at some point, but um, it, it was to me it was just Marvel and DC and all that other stuff. But yeah, he came at he came at me with the stack of Eclipse, and uh, I was uh, I was kind of blown away by it. Um, and in this stack, I, I I'm pretty sure that what it was is it was all whoever gave it to him like that month just bought every title that eclipse put out really and, nice. and it was it, yeah it, 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 so it was like airboy and scout tales of terror uh valkyrie um also but what but the first month there was also um uh dagger of kamui my the psychic girl and um area 88 which yeah. were done by a, an imprint of eclipse uh at the time was called viz who went on to be called viz who now publish a ton of uh, yeah, mega, um of japanese comics sorry need to mess that up actually, there but um, actually, uh i'll tell you uh -oh. one, of, uh, one of my favorite um properties we're talking about favorite properties here this mm -hmm. kind of i guess i was always kind of talking about appreciate sort of thing here i found this in my storage also and i saved it because i love it so much it's my big wall art of blade of the immortal oh dude God. yeah that's it's a paper it's a paper wall art it's like you call it poster but it's all it's all done and uh, like a high grade paper, so um, that like I said I had a huge thing where I was a big fan of uh, manga, but I had to find certain manga that I like. I like I love the Captain Harlock style, Galaxy mm -hmm. Express style, that style. So this I mean, was immediately drawn to this, but also Lone Wolf and Cub. I don't really get into a lot of the traditional, or I guess traditional, the popularized uh, style of you know, I guess um, you know big boob anime girls and it just that's just kind of like i don't know it's kind of like throwaway to me and other people had different opinions that's fine but i wanted something with a very realistic stylized uh feel blade of the immortals like, like that for me but also this um which we're just not realistic so much but it doesn't have an over i guess over curvy style um the the people in this are walking around are very they look they look lean they look live they look uh they look like they have a, a certain field one that you don't get another anime, which is why I really appreciated the style in this. Well, to add on to that, um, there's one of the things that, that really grabbed me with this comic though, is like the, uh, when you said it's not realistic, I think it is because um, there's a lot of uh, like loving attention to detail when it comes to incidental things like radios and cameras and random technology. I, yeah. I don't know how much of that you see in the, in the show, but in the comics, there's a lot of zoom ins of like a camera where this guy, he would just sit in just like, like painstakingly detail this camera to the, down to the lens and, and everything or whatever. Um, but uh, a lot of those things are, um, even though the characters are simplified, they have really expressive, like, like Japanese style faces. Um, uh, but I see, it, it was like you were saying with, with the, the normal style. I, I think that anime and manga, anime and Japanese comics, uh, <laughs> I, I can, I, I personally can I kind of divide those in, into three phases there. Like, uh, there's that that initial, like, kind of first wave, uh, guys like Osama Tezuka that did uh, Astro Boy. Um, oh, yeah. he, had a, he had a real strong, like, Disney influence. Like if you see that, like he is yeah. extremely like like Astro Boy looks like I have a giant Astro Boy statue. Up, up, like I can't even show it to you, but um, uh, <laughs> I think you do actually. It, 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 yeah, he's yeah. Uh, but uh, he he has a very Mickey Mouse style, you know, expressive face, and that was you know he's the focus of, of the thing. Yeah. Um, but that was the initial uh, phase, and then you had this yeah the second phase of guys like uh like like Matsumoto and and like this and um oh uh, uh who is uh, Shiro, the guy that did uh, Ghost in the Shell. 
Yeah. Um, um, God, I know exactly. Uh, Masamune um, Shiro, I think is I think is his name. Yeah, um, Masamune Shiro. Yes, Masamune uh, Shiro has a very. You can always tell his his, uh, his art, right? It's, yeah. It's, um, but, but yeah, but he you know he gets really into drawing you know like things and uh, uh, the guy that did Akira uh, Kasuhiro Tomo. Um, but they will zoom in and, you know, draw like a boombox or a tape deck or a television or something like that and pay a lot of attention to detail on that. And, uh, because, and I think the reason for that is those guys probably trained as like industrial illustrators or graphic or graphic, uh, illustrators. And, and so they, they're like, they just like to draw that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, the next generation of that were guys that learned to draw from the previous generation of anime mm -hmm. and so it, now you're you're like a generation removed where, where they're, they're trying to em emulate the tropes of, of anime at that point and uh it, it's like american comics where you know when guys like tom mcfarlane and uh rob liefeld came out those guys learned to draw from comics as opposed to guys like um you know the, the, the generation before them of like frank miller and uh john Romita jr and those guys who learned to draw from from life and wanted to draw you know things from life in a comic context um yeah you could tell they they use animation mod or not animation anatomic models to create their uh their characters right um but uh you know the other connection to this uh you know you know to me from um you know, I've always been big, been big into aviation since I was a kid. I love airplanes, um, yeah. building model airplanes, that sort of thing. And um, I lived with my grandfather for a few years when I was younger, and uh, he was an airplane mechanic actually in the, really in cool. the navy in the yeah. navy for for like thirty years, um, and from World War II all the way through uh, to Vietnam, and knew a ton of this stuff. He could just you know I could watch like Torah 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 with him, and he could be like, "Oh, that's a uh, that's an F four U Corsair," and break it down and be like, "Well." that plane's kind of a pain because you have to do this to work on this part and, you know, and, like, and, and he could do that with, with, with like everything he would see he'd be like oh oh an fad crusader like oh let me tell you about that plane i used to work on that <laughs> when great, I, was on the I was in the shangri-la and like i love that i love that kind of stuff and um, that's super cool uh you know he and i um when i was a kid a lot of times uh uh where we lived for a while there's a, a really nice uh, naval aviation museum uh and you know he would go and just give me a breakdown to these planes and, and all this stuff so yeah that was um that's cool, but um, yeah, I yeah, love like this so much. I can yeah, see like this so much. It, 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 yeah, it appealed to me straight out of the gate, and, uh, yeah. and also, and uh, but the impact of this to me also uh, was like, like as I've said before, I'm a big tabletop game guy, um, and especially was when I got into this, I was a big fan of of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Marvel superheroes, and uh, that kind of thing. Um, and when I read this, I like obsessively just read those couple first two, two or three issues. And uh, I designed from the ground up a, a, a role-playing game based on this with the whole system of like buying planes and plane parts yeah. and bounties and stuff. And my friends and I played that for a long time. And uh, I, uh, I wish I still had those notes. It'd be pretty cool. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is the, this is, we're cut today. We're covering the first part of a three-part OVA series. Uh, this was directed by, uh, Hisayuki Tori, uh, Toriyumi. Um, he worked for Tatsunoko Productions for a long time, uh, directed some episodes of Speed Racer and Gotcha Man, which you may know as uh, Battle of the Planets or G-Force um, and some other stuff. Um, so yeah. Um, we uh, we open up with the protagonist. This is Shin Kazuma. He's a, he's a real handsome dude with a big mop of uh, light brown hair. Um, he is flying a mission in an F-80 Crusader, the, as a, the aforementioned plane my 
grandpa used to work on, um, ripping into a bunch of tanks. He is just, uh, he is coming through and just unloading, uh, you know, strafing these guys, blowing them up. And uh, we find out that the, the way Area 88 works is that each guy gets paid per kill. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to take out as many tanks as he can, get back to the, uh, get back home to the base and get a payout. So, yeah, um, I, I like this. Um, there you you, I like this in uh, certain animes where they um they throw you in the middle of the story, and then they you you're like, what's going on here? Because he he starts naming off they this is that's going to be you know fifteen hundred. That's going to be this. Right. And you you, uh, you go back later, and he showed they show you the uh, how he got here, how he was brought into this. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do the. Uh... I bet you're wondering how I got here sort of uh, <laughs> from like how I met your mother or something like that. Um, I like that. Um, so yeah, he gets back uh, to the base. Um, he meets a photographer who I don't think they named him here. Um, in, in the comics, he's called Rocky. Um, he's a war correspondent that kind of hops from combat zone to combat zone and, and covers the stuff. And he's just like, everything is just here at area 88 just blows him away. He's just, he's just completely I'll, like in awe of everything. Um, I like the character actually a lot because of that. I mean, he actually feels, he felt like a real character. He didn't feel like mm -hmm. a, um, like a tropey kind of anime character. Um, you, you, you kind of like him because he, even though he butts in the middle of stuff and he gets some places where he doesn't do, he kind of oversteps himself. Then he goes back and says, "Look, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize it was a problem. Um, you know, you kind of, you kind of like he's. You think he's a typical reporter, photographer guy, but you start mm -hmm. to understand the character a little bit. I like that a lot. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's kind, and in, in, in some ways, he's kind of the lens here. He's kind of the focalizer because he's yeah. the guy from back home. Um, you know, even though he, even though he's uh, he's supposed to be Japanese, um, they don't ever really do much of anything to give away his uh, his ethnicity, and he's just kind of like the." He's just kind of the, he's the visitor here. That's kind of you know they they filter information through him, which gets filtered through to the to the viewer to the reader here. Um, crazy eyebrows. Uh, he does have crazy eyebrows. There's a lot of crazy eyebrows in this total, but um. So yeah, he's he's trying to he's trying to talk to Shen. Um, but then we see a couple of guys uh, in uh, land or try to land in A4 Skyhawks. Um, one of these guys apparently taking a shot through his canopy and got some glass rattling around on his helmet, and he is a bloody mess. This guy's name is Greg. Um, He's a he uh, he he's a cool guy because he's in the comics he's got the big uh, Donkey Kong style uh, mouth with the plus <laughs> signs for teeth and uh, I'm always a big, I'm always a big fan of of that guy but, you know he has the he always has the beard and it's like like it's always like the fat guy from anime is always uh, yeah it's kind of have that, I know uh, exactly what you're talking about when you, you, know, you, you know I can guy. picture yeah. it I can picture yeah. it. Yeah, you know, you know the guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, he just gets out and um, he goes up to the supply clerk, this guy McCoy, this uh, this real, sh real shady dude named McCoy. Yeah, and um, he just grabs like a bottle of alcohol and pours it on his head and wraps it up and gets right back. His plane's on fire and he gets back. In. <laughs> he takes back off. I gotta tell you, I also like the attention to detail and pops. Yeah, the uh, the the mechanic uh, supply guy. Uh -huh. He has he has the um. Did, did certain... they call him? Did they call him Pops? Oh, Pops. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's called McCoy in the uh, well, I, in the comics. He's called McCoy. He's probably Pops McCoy, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, I, yeah I, didn't, but I didn't catch that they called him. They called him Pops. Certain, yeah, he has a certain. I, I didn't realize his name. That's why I just call him Pops. He has a certain mm -hmm. style to him. He's a real small, kind of shady guy. He has this big nose with the wart on it. You know, he looks. He looks like in anime. Well, actually, in manga, um, in classic manga, they had they they stylize certain kinds of characteristics in certain ways. Mm. You already know he's a little shady. You know, you don't know how to you know, trust him or not because he has that cer a certain look to him. You don't oh, know. Yeah. Oh, oh, so oh, I totally. love that. 
Yeah, I, although I, now that you're mentioning this, I wonder if this is uh, problematic at all. If they're trying to make him uh, appear sort of Jewish, and uh, since he's like a like a I can see that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, and, and, and but, just now I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is a good thing or not. <laughs> well, yeah, it's one of those things you, you got to remember. Um, Project of the Times, um, uh, yeah. Japan is not is not. Um, I, I guess they're not. I I, I guess um, they they can be prone to also stereotypes. You know, let's just say that everyone. Yeah, can't um, I, I'm gonna. I, I'm just gonna give uh, Shintani the benefit of the doubt here, and, uh, yeah. and, and we'll just. Uh, we'll yeah, we'll move on yeah. from there. So uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, there's another guy here. Another guy, uh, Rex, uh, tries to land his Skyhawk, and uh, he's not so lucky as uh, as Greg to just have yeah. a a bloody head. He his front landing gear snaps, and he totally wrecks his plane. Um, so they use this to kind of illustrate more of how area 88 works where each guy is responsible for his own repairs and maintenance and uh, ammo and everything here so this guy just this guy gets out and he is just he's livid because he apparently just bought this plane like a month ago and now he's like however tens of thousands of dollars down from from buying a plane that he just wrecked because he had it had one bad landing gear yeah it kind of gives you a, a um almost like a i guess a, a foreshadowing of what's going to come later on <laughs> yeah yeah it really does um yeah uh i, I gotta tell you oops, oh, go ahead i'm oh, sorry go ahead we're, we can move on to um was it saki vashtar saki vashtar the base commander he's a base commander he's like he's in the royal family of um is it aslan aslan yeah which is a, yeah. Fiction, a fictional uh middle eastern kingdom. yes um, he's yeah. like they're basically they're they're painting these pilots i like the character design of this also he has a very I would say like quasi evil look, look has the X scar on his forehead, a long mm. dark hair. He has a very um, classic anime or manga style uh, villain. And I read about that about, about him also. He's usually uh, wearing shades cause he's got an eye injury in the, in the manga. Mm. Right. But this, this he does not, but he still, they still give him that. You don't know if you can trust him. He looks kind of evil, but he's not like sneering, like curling his mustache kind of evil. You just don't know about him. So I like that. Like right off the bat, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, okay, he's, possibly an antagonist but i'm watching enough of this to really now he's also very 70s too he wears a lot he always wears bell bottoms in the uh in the <laughs> in the manga and uh he, he's a very very 70s looking dude uh even he though is. he's i think he's supposed to be middle eastern mm-hmm. um he just he, he just kind of looks like a, a dude that would have been in like grand funk railroad or something like that <laughs> um uh I, I'm, a, I'm also a big fan of Saki. he's a he's a very cool character and um uh and i don't well you know what i don't want to give uh i don't want to give anything i'm gonna watch the other two uh, acts of this okay. so uh, yeah I'd, I'd like to Hold that yeah. for them, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, he, but he, yeah, he's a he's definitely definitely a, a very cool and very interesting character. Um, also, the Mickey, I, I like him. Is Mickey supposed to be the American? Mickey is the American. Yes, uh, the warmonger. Yeah, yeah, Mickey eventually. I can't remember what plane he he initially has, but I think he eventually gets an F fourteen. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, which yeah, which is which is uh, very cool. But I think was. Uh... Oh no, no no it would have been around by then. I, I know as I know that at some point there were a few planes in this that were anachronistic, like they were playing they were flying planes that weren't invented yet. Mm-hmm. Um, which is it's one of those things that I I don't really care about that stuff because I just really just want to see cool planes when I watch this and and, and it delivers it delivers that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So after this we get a flashback of Shin and his friend Kenzaki uh, where they're training oh. to be uh, airline pilots for Yamato Airlines. Um, uh shin's playing and marry a girl named uh, ryoko 
Um, I think she's just called Yoko in, Yoko, the, yeah. in, in, the, in the show. She's Ryoko in the in the comics. Um, her father is the CEO of Yamato Airlines, though. So we get a we get this cool sort of a Shakespearean sort of thing going on here. Um, but uh, but, uh, but here comes the twist. Here comes the here it comes. So uh, uh, Kenzaki and Shin are out one night, and Kenzaki gets Shin super drunk, and then tricks him into signing uh, a contract which gets revealed is an enlistment form for him to join the, uh, the foreign Legion air force for area 88. And the next uh, morning Shin wakes up on the bar and uh, dudes from Aslan drag him off. Yep. And um, uh, yeah, so um, he gets him to, does it, ever, does it reveal why his friend got him to join up as like a referral bonus or something? Like if you bring someone in, I'll give you like this much off of uh, your total, what you need to do. It does. Um, it, yeah. Uh, yes, it, it does get revealed. Um, and they're going to we're going to touch on that here. In just uh, okay. in, just just in just a few minutes in, in this episode, actually. Uh, cool. Cool. It, it kind of it starts to kind of unfold a little bit. Um, I really like the, uh, the the three guys to show up from the African nation. They, they called them the escape killers. When I looked it up online. Really <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Mysterious group. I, I like yeah, them a lot. They kind of their own little click. You're yeah. Like, um, but so, so it kind of so, gives, gives an idea of like the um, the internationality of this group. Like the best pilots from all over the world are in this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, you, oh, you mean the, the three African pilots that show up? Right? Yeah, like yeah. The, the okay, pilots, okay. Right? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. No, I thought you were talking about the uh, um, the, the the guys that uh, that came and took Shen off initially. Oh, sorry, I jumped uh, in. Th- those, those, no, those guys were cool too. Those guys look like Middle Eastern gangsters, and I, I like, they the, do. I like those guys. <laughs> um, but uh, no, the, yeah, the, yeah, the three, yeah, the escape killers. Those guys are very cool. Um, see, uh, so. Uh, after that flashback, we get uh, photojournalist Rocky. Um, yes. He's kind of finding his way around the base and meeting people. Um, he's looking to try to buy some film, though. And um, <laughs> so they, that's when he meets Mickey and they, they have to talk for a little bit. And um, it reveals that he doesn't have any film. And uh, oh, so M- Mickey asks him about this and he's all like, Rocky tells him that at some point during the crashes that he uh, he left his uh, bag, of, he left his camera bag in the sun and it ruined all of his film. So uh, Pops McCoy hooks him up with a bunch of film, the exact film he needed, all of it he needed, and even Weird. extra. Walks off with it, and uh, yeah, man, um, Pops McCoy reveals that he's the guy that put the uh, the camera back in the sun during the whole thing so that he could sell some film yeah. to him. <laughs> this was, that was great. I, uh, I uh, McCoy rules, man. I, uh, I, I love that. Um yeah. I can't remember if they say this in this in this uh, episode, but in the in the comics, he says that uh, like a couple of years before that, they had another photojournalist come through, and that guy brought all of his own film. And uh, he's and McCoy thought that he was going to be able to make a bunch of money off of him, so he bought a bunch of photo supplies. And uh, and but this guy didn't need anything, so he's just been sitting on all this dead stock for for two years for two <laughs> plus years, and now he's he's like, I'm going to recoup my money from this somehow. So yeah, yeah, he intentionally uh, he didn't say this, that this at all. Uh, this dude's film, yeah, which I thought was I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, they uh, yeah they, they reveal a little more of the mechanics of Area 88. Uh, it, it basically, you know, once you enlist, you're there for three years. Or until you can uh, buy buy out your contract, which is like a million and a half dollars, yeah, uh, or something like something like that. Um, so, uh, and then at this point, when when the uh, the escape killers show up, um, up until this point, this had been a, a an almost like like frame for frame adaptation of the first issue of the comic until until the escape killers show up. Those guys those guys don't show up until a little bit later, but. Um, it's it's really fine though because the comic tended to be pretty episodic, mm-hmm. uh, where 
a lot of, you know, most of them were self-contained. Um, there were some two and three part uh, ones or whatever, and there was continuity from issue to issue, but mainly each one was like, a, was like, it, like each each issue was called a mission. It was like mission four. That was episode issue four of the comic, and yeah, and it would you know they would usually get done with that by the end of it. But um, but now it, it, uh, this this was fine and really cool. Um, uh, I I didn't mind that because those guys showing up are you know that becomes important. Um, like, gotta, down, like down the line, I gotta say though, uh, they they had some really nice details in this. Um, just things that like Shin says, you know, like um, there's one point he's flying and he says, you know, even the sky is painted red today. Little things like that. It gives you the, uh, the what the the character's feelings are about war and like how everything's just like it's all blood and it's all death. I really like that inside and on a character. And Shin was Shin is um, the protagonist essentially of this. So mm-hmm. we're looking at like you can see his state of mind. He just yeah, yeah and that's really important also because uh, you know he he's he didn't want to be here in the first place he didn't want to he wasn't a fighter pilot in the first place and you know he didn't he, this isn't the life that he wanted he wanted to you know he wanted to be an airline pilot he wanted to he wanted to marry a girl and he wanted to you know fly you know DC tens or or whatever for you know for yeah you know this this girl's dad's airline subdivisions. We go to mission, uh, a mission. We go to Shin flying a mission by himself. Uh, in the middle of this, uh, we get a flashback to him meeting Yoko or Ryoko and mm-hmm. her father. Um, and we flash back to to the present, and he just ends up uh, kind of shredding that that enemy fighter and winning that dogfight. Um, yeah, he's kind of vicious actually with that. He is. Uh, he's a pretty amazing pilot, and he's yeah. Uh, yeah he's definitely a, a scary dude uh, in the air. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I, I really like the animation in, in the in the dogfights. That's a pretty strong contrast to the uh, to the comics, where a lot of times the that those fights would be like kind of a close up of uh, of one plane, um, and then just like a black panel with uh, like these like white dots uh, representing like a, like a missile or mm-hmm. or like gunfire or something like that. And then you know the next one would just be a um, you know like a, like an explosion or something like that. I, um, yeah, I like the canopy look, like the uh, the uh, first person canopy look out. You, know, you can see where the um, the fighter in front he's going after is lining up in his in his is his reticle. That's yeah, really, yeah, like yeah that. I, I, I like that a lot. I like it to see the, uh, the the dash and everything, which was uh, is from what I can remember, is a fairly accurate uh, portrayal of that. I've sat in a, in an F eight before, and um, uh, and yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure that that's uh, that's pretty accurate from what I can remember. It's been a while, but um, yeah, um, we get back to the base, and uh, oh, we get McCoy once again. We get the we get the the dude here he's trying to sell Shin some cheap missiles. He's got some <laughs> sidewinders. He's uh, trying to uh, cut Shin a deal on, and apparently he's got a. Uh, we find out from another pilot uh, named Boris. He's got a, a rep for selling defective gear. So uh, yeah, which, uh, yeah. foreshadowing. Which is some foreshadowing. Which is a little foreshadowing. Yeah, um, yeah. So this uh, this guy Boris. I don't know a whole lot about this guy Boris. I don't know that they uh, they didn't really touch much on him here outside of the fact that he doesn't sleep in the dark and oh my God. yeah I, I i don't know yeah i yeah i don't know i don't know much about him i don't know much about him here so uh yeah then we go to uh then we go to saki um giving a briefing for a mission where everyone's gonna fly a raid against a surface to air missile base mm-hmm. and uh this is a very cool scene. It reminds me a lot of the Death Star briefing from A New Hope. I don't know if you got that vibe or not. It kind of does, yeah. You know that um that you know rating, like basically, like if the if it was the trench run, it was like along the ground. Um, 
I feel like it was was that the um the the fight we're watching at the beginning when it starts him going after the tanks and stuff um or is that just another mission? No, that, that was just a random uh random sortie that he he was flying okay. at the time. He kind of had yeah, the same feel, money. you know, like going after um, surface targets, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I totally uh, got that feel. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, even the, you, you even had those cool little bits of like the pilots talking to each other, and you know, you get the flying against that thing, that's suicide. You know, like uh, you kind of you yeah. kind of got that on both of them. I thought that I thought that was really cool. I, I don't know if that um was I don't know if that was anyway was inspired by Star Wars since uh, that that's from issue one of the comics which would have been from 1979 um I mean, very possible i mean yeah but, but it's i mean star wars was big in japan uh, at that point yeah. so i mean it would have been there for it would have been pretty fresh in the in the in the consciousness at that point but uh no i, th- I thought that was really cool um in the uh, this is kind of a contrast to the the comics here because in the comics um uh, shin uh, refuses to go on this mission uh and he gets fined for that and huh. uh, yeah but he doesn't know because um they're they're, go- they're going to take out these uh these sam these surface air missiles and yeah. they have a they have a fit you know, a fixed uh bounty per thing that, uh, that you take out uh but he decides to stay at the base he, he pays like a like a like a five thousand uh, dollar fine or something like that for participating in order just at the base and while he's gone uh enemy fighters attack the base and he take he single-handedly takes out the enemy fighters Jesus, and nice. but but he makes more money doing that because the, <laughs> the the bounty for for taking out planes is higher than the bounty for taking out uh, fixed targets. I can see that. I mean, so yeah, so even even paying the fine, he still makes twice what everybody else made on the mission. Mm-hmm. So and, and that, that and uh, and Mickey, oh no, uh, Mickey backs him up on that. So Mickey's like, oh, I, I think I hear you're a pretty smart guy, so I'm going to follow your lead. Hmm. It's like, oh, that's a, that's that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool thing. So. Um, but then, but then the sh- but then we get we, we gets weird. And I guess weird. We get we get a weirdo anime montage here. <laughs> yeah. Of uh we get a weirdo anime montage of all the pilots getting ready to go on this mission. And um, I like they have these little cubicles almost for each of the jets where they're uh fueled <laughs> and like it's weird, man, because I don't picture I guess I, I I picture hangers and I picture, you know, um elevators on ships and things like that. I don't picture cubicles. That's essentially what they have, you know. It's kind of like a like a top gun getting ready to take off, fueling it up, putting the missiles mm-hmm. on the bottom of the of the uh of the of the jets and loading all the uh the uh, machine gun ammo in there. Yeah, but the, the song here was real bad though. It was real uh <laughs> it, it was real like uh um like the, the ending theme to a, to an anime, which I, I never liked those songs um, with like one, ex- one or two exceptions. Um, uh, what was uh, calling back to my, my Warhammer game today, the, uh, at the, the shop that I was playing at, there was uh, like, a, like the, I guess one of the guys that does their online sales has an office next to where the game tables are. Huh. And uh, this dude was just blasting the Evangelion soundtrack while he was, oh, God. Uh, and it was like, I was just like, oh my, this is awful. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is so bad. Um, I mean, I like I like Evangelion just fine, but do uh, I, but the um, soundtrack is a little, yeah, it's a little sus, and I don't uh, I don't like I don't like that style, that J-pop style of music. I mean, like I, I like stuff like the stuff from Cowboy Bebop is fine, and yeah. you know when when bands yeah, like uh, uh, like like the Pillows and yep Asian Asian Country Generation and that kind of Husking Bee, those guys show up in anime. I think that's cool. I don't really like when it's like some like idol singer or whatever it's not not i mean it's 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 fine it's just not really not really my thing and this it wasn't really my thing here um i think actually if it if it's situational it can be you know it could be great you know but it's just on you know yeah by itself it's a it's a weird juxtaposition uh like listen to it like like coming out of someone's office 
It's it's weird. Yeah, it was it was real. Yeah, it was real weird. It, you know, we're, we're we're having this grim dark battle of, uh, of <laughs> futuristic soldiers, and you know, I've got this. Uh, yeah, this, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, but yeah. So the, yeah, the mission gets going, and we get some cool jet fighter combat scenes here. We get bombs dropping. Um, we get uh, some missiles. We get uh, we get all kinds of stuff. But then we get another little weirdo thing here, where the bad guys push a button, and a giant fence comes up. <laughs> like, like no no oh no this is not this is not good yeah um, I'm, I'm gonna let you explain this man come on give me okay something. so okay so uh for, for the first like 10 issues 10 15 issues of the comic it was it was it's fairly realistic it was it was dog fights and missiles and everything was uh real world realistic technology and then at some point it started getting a little sci-fi um and it's it's not even that bad and that over the top really it's just it it just seems really out of place with everything else that's going on because you're yeah. you know, you're getting these gritty you know depictions of like you know air to air combat and you know air to surface combat and you know like uh, accurate drawings of tanks and and planes and um this kind of thing and then you get some weirdo thing that get that gets invented here the more I thought about it, and I'm going to touch on this when we wrap up, but uh, the more I thought about it, the more I got a little more okay with it. But I'll explain that why, because it ties into something else later on. But we'll go. But how did you, how did you feel about this? Uh, okay, look, um, I, I like the style of, of this entire anime. Some things just got, kind of felt weird. Uh, mm-hmm. There's another way it would have just felt weird. But I think, okay, it's, it's weird um, that... I didn't mind it so much because of what happened after the battle when they are there, when they're going back with the three right. of them. And, and we had the thing with Boris totally took the defense thing that I, I didn't care anymore. Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, yeah. uh, and, and it, cause the whole thing, I mean, I, I felt you could have, I don't know, man, it's, it, it really felt like uh, it almost felt, even though this predates it, it almost felt like the, uh, the return of the Jedi death star battle where the guys were smashing into the force field. Yeah, because yeah, that's that. basically that's basically what it was. It was a giant force field. Uh, it was, but it was a big like like metal like girder fin, almost like uh, like I beams or whatever, like uh, this kind of thing that yeah. just pops up in front of this enemy base, and the guys <laughs> are crashing into it. And um, Shin beats it though because uh, uh, apparently on an F eight Crusader, because he well, because he's Shin um, for for storage, those can fold their wings up like a lot of like a lot of yeah. So the whole and, thing like I didn't. Yeah, I think it was like was it Mickey saying like I I didn't realize you could uh, fold your wings up like that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense now. Because it was like that, that you fold for storage, but he was yeah. like, I heard that you can fly with those folded up. Um, that you can fly with those folded. Normally, you that you, you know you don't get enough lift. But um, I kind of wish my grandpa was still around because I would. Uh, I'm pretty sure he would call some. Uh, he, he'd call some yeah, shenanigans on this. So because yeah. uh, I don't think I don't think that's accurate. And I don't and I don't think that you can fold those up while you're in flight. So I think you have yeah. to like <laughs> manually undo latches and pull pins and stuff. Out. And what, it was a what little, I know, eh, it was a little, and uh, I don't know a lot, but of what I know, those don't just automatically fold up, especially when you're flying. Those have to be lifted up. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know about all this, man. Um, but, but yeah, like you said, it was fine because the next scene, uh, the, the next scene just Horrors. completely, uh, yeah, this was, this was super cool. Um, I like it. This okay. Then um, Boris starts talking about you know splitting it two ways to the three ways, and they, oh, because, they, because they have they have a bonus. They have like a twenty thousand yeah. dollars bonus here. Yeah. And so um, they're they, the two of them, Shen and uh, Mickey, are like, "What are you talking about, man? Are you, are you double crossing us?" And they're they're both like getting really pissed off and really, um, I guess, really. Um, I, I, they're trying to figure out what's going on, and like Boris is like, "No, no, no, guys, 
because I was a little sloppy. He pulls off his mask, starts coughing up blood, which is rough because you know he would they they thought he was he was uh, double crossing them. He's like, no, no, I was actually saying that because you can take my cut. And like, oh man, that was kind of rough. Yeah, he kind of pulls the uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi here, and yeah. um, uh, this this is a, this is a trope that I absolutely love. Um, you know, I've seen things like this in uh, like Robotech or Macross, um, yeah. and, and, uh, and and Big Brother, which is my favorite episode of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, this it's sort of anime storytelling one hundred and one, where the where the old Ace pilot dies halfway through the the series so that the young pilot can become the new uh yeah. you know, the new the new ace and i i adore that trope um i i will never hate on that i, th- I think it's super cool and uh, i think it's i think it's pulled off pretty well here i think that it, it could have been a little better if you knew boris a little better like like you got you got a couple of minutes with him earlier yeah. talking to talking to uh, to McCoy and uh, and Mickey and all that which was which was it was fine um but I, I think it was if this was one of those things where like Boris would have been like like the base like main guy for like you know like if it, if it was if it were a series and it was this was like you know like six episodes into like a 12 episode season mm-hmm. and then in episode 12 or episode six you know he gets he gets shot down and like shin's like oh well no no i've got to now i get to be the you know and you know and you know if if he had been like a mentor to shin i think it would have been a little cooler but he also kind of confesses here though that um uh, shin's one of the few people that he thought of like actually as a friend because he didn't want to you know he had this whole thing where he didn't really want to make you know make friends when he didn't have emotions or whatever which was um which was which was was really cool it was a really cool scene um despite me just picking out you know shortcomings of it and how how i would have done it i'm also saying this with like the hindsight of you know 40 years of uh you know of you know reading and you know 20 something years now of like prestige television shows who do this this exact sort of thing very well but um no i I thought it it was great Uh, i thought it was super cool yeah i didn't pick up on something you actually brought up already uh till just now how he talked about um you know he always sleeps with the lights on Mm-hmm. And his last thing that he says to Shin is uh turn my lights off, would you? Turn my lights off, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, like, it, was it, kinda, was, it was it was pretty rough. The man. Closing of an era almost, you know. Yeah, he's like was, he's like, I'm I'm gone now, shut my lights off. It yeah, was really cool. And, yeah, it, it this yeah, this was a this was a really great scene. This was uh probably I, I mean to to be honest, probably the best scene in this in, in this episode. Uh, or this oh, yeah. you know, this part of the OBA. I thought it was I thought it, man, yeah, I was I loved this. Um after this, we get a scene in Japan, a, a present day scene in Japan, uh, Yoko, with, and, uh, Yoko and, uh, and her father, um, who's trying to get, convince her to get married. Um, and it, it's just, you know, she wants to have a career. Her dad wants her to get married. And that's, they kind of leave it. They kind of leave it at that. Um, you know, she's still kind of pining over, over Shin being gone. And uh, that's it. But then we switch over. We see Kenzaki again. Uh, mm-hmm. We see Kenzaki in the present, who is uh, at this point he's now a pilot uh, for Yamato Airlines, but he's also trying to take over Yamato Airlines. He's buying stock in Yamato Airlines, mm-hmm. which this uh, I don't really want to give too much away, but this is this him getting Shin out of the picture uh, is it was really part of his plan uh, as far as this whole takeover thing goes, because uh, more things will kind of fall into place as uh, as time goes yeah. on here. You also see a lot of the reason why Shin tries so hard and why he is so people they're thinking like he shouldn't be out so much like he is, but he he can go as much as he wants to. That was all kind of the whole thing from uh Saki 
he had kind of said like, Hey, pilots are allowed to go as much as they want to, as many sorties as they want to. And he's devoted, he's racking up his uh, kills. So, Hey, let him do it. And so I, you see why. Right. Like, yeah. That, 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 I think they touched on the fact that, um, or that someone calls Saki out, uh, mm-hmm. say that he's working Shin too hard, but yeah, yeah. But you're, you're right. Yes. Yeah, like you said that, you know, you, you know, you basically, you pick your own missions, you pick your own sorties and whatnot, unless I guess, unless they're required. Know, yeah, required. Um, which, uh, you know, and then you get that whole thing where he's, you know, you get that obsession he has with, um, uh, with, you know, paying a ski because he wants to pay his contract off. He doesn't want to do the three years. He wants, he wants to be out. He wants to be done. And, uh, and he wants to leave and go back to, uh, to Yoko or Yoko. Um, and uh, but then that goes right into the to the next scene here where uh, he's flying a sortie and and they reveal that he's only a few thousand dollars away from paying his contract to happen a million and a half dollars and paying his contract off. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and this is the mission where he's going to, you know, he only needs like, I think, twenty thousand dollars, but he only needs to shoot down a couple of planes for that. And he's got he's engaged with, you know, two planes and um there, there is an amazing scene here where he's got what is supposed, what is to be his final target, mm-hmm. his final kill. Um, he's got him lined up. He's got a, he's got the lock on. You know, he's everything's uh, you know done. He apologizes to the guy. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and he makes a promise. This is the last person he's ever going to kill. He's lined up. He's ready to be done. All he has to do is take this guy out, fly back to Area eighty eight, pay off his contract, and then he's going home to Ryoko. And so he's got him lined up click he pulls the trigger on his stick he's out of ammo and uh i almost feel so, like he was he set up by mccoy actually pops that, that's dude, that's entirely that's entirely possible because there was, there was a scene right before this yeah there's a right. scene before this where he kind of like let on that he's like oh well you know maybe i thought he's almost done with this contract maybe i should do something else he didn't right say it but i kind of got that impression like oh yeah he set him up to not have enough ammo it it was implied. It was you know, yeah, yeah, it was implied. Yeah, I mean, but you know, he was also trying to sell him those uh those sidewinder missiles that yeah. were uh, that were uh, most likely gonna not you know gonna not work according to Boris. Yeah. Um, so Shin breaks off and tries to return to base, and that enemy fighter engages him and uh, you know gets some good shots in on him, uh, and Shin crashes back at the back at the base, and his uh, you know McCoy tells him straight up, Andy, like your plane your plane's totaled. You know, it's going to cost you, like half you know, a half a, a half a million dollars to buy a new plane. So you know, he was almost a half a million, and he was trying to just get twenty thousand more, and it cost him a half a million to get twenty to get twenty thousand. So he's, um, uh, so yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And um, he he you know, throws his helmet down, has a little standoff with the uh, uh, with the African pilots, and he basically says he's going to desert and, uh, and and walks off. Um, and uh yeah that's and that's it for part one that's it for part one yeah so, um yeah um dude yeah it was fantastic i loved it like i love the style um the the very realistic vehicles the f8s um or just you, you can almost like like you almost you know, see the machine of the metal on them the uh every pilot had their own kind of call sign on the uh fins of the uh the stabilizer fins <laughs> excuse me yeah, so yeah, yeah, had the uh, had the, was the uh, uh, unicorn? Yeah, the unicorn. Yeah, he had a real stylized unicorn uh, head on his on his fin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really that was that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I really dug it. This is the kind of stuff I love to watch. But it's one of those things where you have to sit down and really. It's almost you know, 
we a lot of people think of animes as like episodes of you know pokemon or something but this is like almost like a, a movie this is really more like a, like a like a dramatic action movie so. right yeah, yeah exactly um yeah i mean i would i don't know it's, it's really not like it's not i don't it, it avoids a lot of anime tropes um mm-hmm. i don't think it's, it's from a different era of anime when mm-hmm. but you know before the you know there were all, all these uh you know like screaming schoolgirls and um and <laughs> you know and, and all this kind of thing and uh, like yeah. it's, it's the kind of thing that i i don't think that you really see it much anymore because at some point uh they, they i guess they realized that uh uh, tournament fighting and uh, weirdo school things became the you know became the money makers and and everything yeah, nope. is, is, it tends to be some kind of a, a variation of that. Uh, not that there's I mean there's nothing wrong with shown anime. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's That's just cool, school like, rules. Like, it, I mean it, it's it's fine. It's, it's a <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a it's a thing and I and I get it. I get that they you know they make a ton of money, but there's uh, there's something to be said for you know for telling a story that you could tell anywhere else just in mm. the via the medium of uh of, of anime and and, mm-hmm. and i i really i i like a lot like we said earlier you know the, the 70s and 80s style like i really like that because you'd got you you didn't it wasn't just one you know one thing or one type of thing it was you know you got you, know, you had mech stuff you had uh space opera stuff you had uh, you know jet fighter stuff you had cyberpunk stuff and it was mm-hmm. yeah, and, and all kind of and all things kind of you know you know you had yeah. historical samurai stuff and it was all uh yeah it was all kind of uh you know kind of all over the place um but uh yeah i i don't think that i can really put into words how much i love area 88 oh, yeah, uh, and um <laughs> uh, how much how much it just means to me you know, you know personally um this is the only uh like I, I used to be a big comic collector and i got rid of all of my comics at some point all my actual like issues of comics i hate mm-hmm. long i hate long boxes i hate uh you know like having issues i I don't like i like trade paperbacks or hardcovers um i got rid of all that and uh, every anything important now i have in trade i have all the sandmans and all the preachers and uh transmetropolitan and hate eight ball all the stuff that i love i have in Mm -hmm. paperback and um the only thing that i kept was an almost complete uh run of the eclipse issues of this very good i think i I think i'm missing two issues of of, out of like 47 that's 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 those are the only comic books i own anymore um i think the comics are basically perfect uh even even with the even with the weirdo sci-fi kind of stuff like like the, <laughs> the defense or whatever um yeah. i can't I, I can't really find too many flaws with, with with the show uh so far either um even but even with all the cool jet fighter stuff um the whole dichotomy of shin being a fantastic pilot and, and this this amazing killer uh but also hating war and hating killing Mm-hmm. It makes for a really tense internal story with him, where you get that, that struggle where he, you know, he's he's doing this thing so that he can go back home to something that he loves, but yeah. uh, but he hates where he is now because this is basically hell for him. Um, but you know, you're interested to see how how changed he becomes over the over the story over the storyline. Um, but the, the thing with okay, but the thing with offense, like I was gonna t- I was gonna touch on earlier, the weirdo sci-fi stuff like this, that and those that that theme. I think ties in a lot to the themes in Metal Gear. Well, I could see that, I guess. Because uh, Metal Gear, you know, can kind of start out as like a straight up, um, uh, you spy. know, so like, yeah. yeah, yeah, spy fi um, sort of you know military thing. But then you get into, oh, by the way, there's also a giant robot, and you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> uh, like, uh, and uh, this guy has a robot arm in 1972, uh, which is uh, kind of weird. But but those themes are also very prominent it? themes in 
in Metal Gear. Yeah. Um, you know, of, uh, you know, uh, you know, what is a soldier? What is a, sol- what is a yeah. soldier's duty and in, in this kind of thing? Um, and, uh, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that, you know, that kind of gave me a lot to think about, um, as far as that goes. So, um, uh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically, I, I like, if I were gonna, if I were gonna give this a, a rating, if I was gonna, you know, give this my, my normal, more than me these guys ratings i would just uh, i would i have to go five ruined rolls of film out of five i cannot uh, i i cannot ding this on anything i i, I didn't even find any uh if any flaws in the animation mm-hmm. um oh, yeah. uh, i i probably w- i probably would have pref- and I, and i'm not this i swear to god i'm not this guy i'm not the dude that, does, that says this and does this I probably would have preferred this in Japanese with English subtitles as I opposed get to watching it watching it in English with uh with Japanese subtitles. Just be just because I think this is from an era when a lot of uh of, of companies that were localizing anime were using the same like troop of, of voice actors and so you just hear like like the, the dude that did the voices in akira like that like those five people you hear in everything you're just like oh that's just that's 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 yeah can it guess canada or canada like, you know whatever 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 you want to call it like yeah um but yeah uh, anyway. yeah i'll tell you man um i already i already said this much um a i love the uh, animation style the uh the stylized people in it um Ryoko had a very Maytel from Galaxy Express 39 look. <laughs> um, tall, thin, um, like big eyes with her downturn. They look sad. Uh, if you look at her eyes, the big, big eyelashes, but the uh the eyes on like I guess the um the the love interest or the whatever, they always have a downturn on the on the uh, on the outside. Mm-hmm. And it gives a very sad look. Uh, it gives a very um yeah, melancholic look. Um I I like how you have a very it, it's these things are prevalent in a lot of anime because people like Matsumoto and uh and Shintaro um Shintano um they they were the ones to really um bring forth these tropes they they were their styles so now you have now later on um mangakus and um animators have they they carry on the styles from Matsumoto and so i i, lo- I like seeing the early renditions of this and yes the animation, uh, just because it's an early OVA, it's uh, is a very kind of sometimes you can see on the edges of the lines are a little, little uh, dashed. They're not like tight lines. It's fine, um, and I like the photorealistic almost versions of the jets. Um, everything is really nice. I I love seeing the shell casings fall on the ground as he's flying over. All those <laughs> yeah. little details are nice. So um, yeah, uh, honestly, um, I will give this and only because i want to see more of it maybe this is maybe i'm gonna go back and re- refine this later but i would give this four and a half faulty sidewinder missiles out of five on this Ooh. only because i think there might be something more but i may come back and say this is for five because i want to see a little story right this is like yeah, the it, new it, hope it, it, <laughs> it, it is it, it definitely unfolds uh but yeah this, yeah this yeah this was absolutely this was great um i'm glad i yeah uh, I, i'm glad i got to revisit this because it's, it's something yeah. that i i tend to um i, I keep those uh, the, those issues of the comics in a shoebox in my closet and i and, and every now and then when i'm cleaning that out or looking for like a specific pair of sneakers i'm like yeah. oh Oh, my box of area 88 and then and that leads to like an afternoon of me just sitting yeah. there and, and, and tearing through these, uh, these yeah. comics so i don't know what it's like to retain things you love so much, <laughs> you know so uh, uh yeah, yeah. That, so, that, uh, it's definitely cool man i i appreciate all that kind of stuff and i appreciate you bringing this uh, this to me because like i said the matsumoto style huge fan 
cool stuff. And, uh, and strangely, and uh, if you're listening out there and you want to check this out, it's actually on Peacock of all things. I mm-hmm. was completely yeah. blown away. This is, this is, this is on Peacock. Um, and uh, so yeah, 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 very cool. So check it out. And so I think that'll about yeah. wrap it up for, uh, for this personal sign episode. Subdivisions. Oh, subdivisions. subdivisions. Uh, so subdivisions. I'll say that uh, this, this, this week as, as of this, uh, we actually passed a thousand uh, downloads by episode 12 so thank you everyone everyone for that huge huge um i don't know milestone that i i didn't know we get to but we're gonna we're gonna i guess record episodes till we got somewhere so it's really cool to see it happening already um big fan of everyone you know piping up and saying hi uh whether you do so on um you know facebook message boards or facebook uh groups uh you come through the uh the discord you just send an email whatever really cool stuff um we we i know ed and i are both very active on the discord so if you want to like bring something up to us ask us questions throw some things at us cool please do it um if you want to email him at hates transformers at gmail.com more than me sees guys at gmail.com is me you can send both of us i'll put the email in the show notes of course and um I am uh, really happy you got to check this out this week. So thank you everyone for uh, saying hi and, um, you know, following us and uh, send, you know, if you like the show, send a link to a friend. They may like it too. So you never know. Ed, you mean anything to take us out with this week? I don't have any, uh, I have zero quotes this week. So uh, my only well, quote this I, week I is just, uh, oh, but what do you got? Well, you I, got? I will say the, the great quote of the episode, uh, even the sky is painted red. My, my, walls, are, my walls are painted red also. It, my cabinets are painted. <laughs> All right, man. Have a All great right. week. Uh, have, time, have, happy, happy holidays, everyone. Take it easy. Roll out. Bye.